ConnectCloud. Get connected, cyber safe is our mantra. From tailored managed security solutions to our next generation cloud platform, MetCloud will drive your organization forward and help it thrive. You can keep up to date with us in all things cybersecurity by following us on Twitter at MetCloud underscore com. We're also on LinkedIn and YouTube. You can find the links to our social media pages and blogs via our website, metcloud.com. My guest today is Mikhil Raja, who is going to tell us a little bit about his journey from Millfield School in Somerset to a graduate of the University of Edinburgh to now becoming CEO and co-founder of Sonic Jobs, which is an award-winning job platform revolutionizing the way candidates search and apply for jobs. Sonic Jobs is the fastest growing business app in the UK with a person applying for a job through its website every nine seconds. Sonic Jobs' mission is to help make millions of people find a job and enhance their lives. Mikhil, good morning and thanks so much for joining us on the Vanguard podcast today. Thanks for having me, Scott. Great. Really enjoyed um, reading your bio and and getting some information and feedback as to uh, the Mikhil Raja story. Uh, but can you start us off and just tell us a little bit about the story behind, you know, where you've come from, from schooling, University of Edinburgh, investment banking, and now CEO and co-founder of Sonic Jobs, which is one of the fastest growing business apps in the country? Yeah. So I am from India, from Mumbai, uh, when I was nine, I got a scholarship to Millfield School, which is a, um, a boarding school in Somerset, and uh, to play tennis. Um, so I did that, then went to University of Edinburgh to study economics, um, uh, graduated there, and then went to uh, Deutsche Bank Investment Banking in London, um, did, was there for six years, and then... Uh, always wanted to start my own business, um, had some really fabulous experiences at Deutsche, meeting some amazing entrepreneurs, um, and kind of uh, after six years started Sonic Jobs, uh, which, I can, which I can talk about, which, uh, you know, we've been doing this for the last four and a half years. Um, yeah, we, we, were, we are the fastest growing business app uh, in 2021 in the UK, uh, and we've just launched in the US, so uh, really exciting times. Really exciting times. Let's go back to that nine-year-old boy in Mumbai playing tennis and getting a getting a scholarship to one of the most prestigious schools in the UK. I'd love to know more about that. And also, a lot of the people I speak to on the podcast all all have some form of sporting uh, background. No, I won't say all. Most have a sporting background uh, or a you know a passion to win, um, a, a focus to win. I want to know a little bit more about the tennis scholarship. How did that come about? Yeah, so my, my brother and I were both kind of really into tennis. Um, I, I, I think, you know, my parents were definitely kind of visionaries in, in, in that sense. They could kind of see that actually we, we needed to be where we would both thrive. Um, and uh, Millfield, you know, had this amazing scouting network that would go around the world um, and uh, we both did uh, well in the nationals in India. Um, and then um, my dad kind of, I think very much against my mum's will, um, had made us have a trial at Millfield. Uh, and then we loved it. I mean, it was literally, you know, we used to play in Mumbai in, 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 in three courts, um, uh, kind of pretty close to our school. And, and the courts were made of, um, I don't, you know, this is back in the 90s, they were made of actually cow dung. 
which oh, is wow. actually cow, cow manure, um, which, which, which is, you know, <laughs> by the way, you know, you grow up playing on that, that, that's completely fine. But, you know, we went to Millfield and there was 25 courts all year round, indoor courts, grass courts. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a dream come true. And so it was, uh, yeah, um, we, we, it wasn't a hard decision for the two of us to want to be there. Um, and, my, and my parents, um, yeah, worked really hard to, to make that possible. Talk about a culture change, Mumbai straight into Somerset. Yeah, um, that was quite different. I mean, because we were together, it made things um, a lot uh, simpler. And Milford is, is an amazing school. It's, it's, it's totally uh, international and, and, and um, you know, has, has a very entrepreneurial, uh, you know, drive. And, and I think, you know, that's really where uh, the first, let's say, you know, uh, seeds of, of, of my entrepreneurship started um and uh yeah it was it was a it's a fantastic school very kind of uh you know the aim is to make everyone thrive at what they're really good at and uh, that definitely helped me my brother went on to become a professional tennis player my brother is a professional tennis player uh today um wow. he's played wimbledon french open us open etc um and so I, I i ended up um going more down the kind of uh, kind of at 16, decided to um, break away and, and kind of go down the academic route. That's fantastic. So tell me, uh, I want to um, grab hold of a little comment you made about Millfield was where the the entrepreneurial spirit or thought process was peaked. Do you remember the exact moment and, and what was it? What was that nugget that you got and thought, yeah, that's something I want to do? I always liked business. My dad was a uh, businessman and um, and I always just liked business. You know, I can remember even early days, if I look back, you know, I would I would kind of buy wallets from India and like sell them in school and buy CDs. And I, I just loved, um, I love business. I, 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 I love kind of um, creativity. I like, I like the idea of kind of innovating. I like, um, yeah, it was it was all of those uh, things together. And I, 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 you know, uh, I like being commercial. I like the idea that you can kind of, you know, take uh, something from somewhere and, and make it, you know, useful for someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've always I've always liked that, and that's always been kind of uh, very much something that that drove me um, throughout, and, and still drives me a lot. Yeah. You mentioned um, in, the, in the first five minutes here, you've mentioned your parents a lot and you've mentioned your dad being um, a businessman and so forth. Um, one of the things that I speak to a lot of people about, and I'm, I'm certainly the same way, is my dad was my inspiration. You know, he was the guy that I always wanted to be. And, you know, sadly, I lost my dad about six months ago. But um, oh, thank you. Um, but one of the things that I strive to be is, is as equal or you know, as good as what my dad was, you know, he's a wonderful guy, um, had a lot of respect, a lot of friends, was always someone that just had the, um, he was just someone I always looked up to. And and I know a lot of other people looked up to him as well. Would he, would I, would I be right in saying that your dad was your inspiration and, and, and a mentor and, and someone that you wanted to aspire to be like as well? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think in one particular aspect, which is really about, um, you know, in, in in India, growing up, there's a and even now, you know, there's a lot of uh, dogma where where you know you're expected to be what other people think you should be, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, you know, you, you grow up in India and you're expected to be, you know, an engineer, a doctor, you know, a scientist, and you know, 
down the pyramid, uh, you know, uh, an entrepreneur. And then, you know, if you're creative, you know, that's that's the worst kind of, of, of kind of uh, profession. And, and uh, you know, still, even after my, my brother played Wimbledon and US Open, et cetera, people would ask him, you know, so what do you really want to do with your career? <laughs> um, and it's, it's just a funny, it's, it, it's just a kind of, uh, you know, really old school society. And, and, and uh, you know, my dad did, you know, built his own business, did what he um, wanted to do and, and really had the vision for both of us to do what we loved and, and, and uh, where we thrived rather than what society wanted us to do. And, and that, that, I think, uh, you know, my inspiration has always been that. And then, and then, you know, my brother becoming a professional tennis player, you know, there's a lot of people who will be 16 today, 17 today, thinking about it, and a lot of people won't do it. And it's 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 a, it's it's like being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you there's a lot of risk involved. There's a lot of failure involved. Uh, you know, my brother has a has a quote that uh, you know I I think about a lot, which is you know even if you're the best tennis player in the world, uh, you know let's think about Federer, Djokovic, uh, Nadal at the moment. Um, you know, you you fail you might play 30 tournaments a year and you'll only win at best 10 of them. Yes. Uh, and so, and so you're failing at least 20 you know, out of the 30 uh, weeks in your year. So, you know, more than half of, of your life as a tennis player, you're failing, you know, you, yep. you'll, you, you won't win that match. And, and actually that, that, you know, uh, that was a real inspiration to me in thinking about failure, thinking about risk, um, Thinking about uh, you know what 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 does it what do I want to do with my life and and, and really adding value and then, and then the other thing which you know uh, you know what it, it helped me and, and really helped me prioritize how I thought about my career and my life was um, you know death and, and you know you talk about your dad um, dying six months yeah, ago pass, yeah. sorry passing away six months ago you know mine mine passed away um, now six years ago right. Um, and that was a real defining moment for me because, uh, you know, it was suddenly what I what I recognised is that actually in your final what I call kind of the final mile, you know, that could be, uh, you know, and my dad was diagnosed with uh, you know stage three lung cancer. Uh, we fought that for five years and then and then and then um, passed away. Um, and and uh, you know what what I realised is actually in your final moments you don't care about uh, money or social status or what other people think you should have done. What, what you care about is actually, did I live my life in the way that was true to myself? And then did I make an impact on the world around me? And so, yeah. um, you know, the, the thing I, um, I always say to our team, I, I, I say to um, other 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 founders uh, that I speak to, particularly you know, starting their journey is actually you know, uh, are you if you had two years to live um, or five years to live, you know, would would that would you be spending your day as you're doing today? And I think you know, if you if you use death as a framework for decision making, for risk, for failure, then actually failure is not that. It, 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 it's fine you know you, you yeah. can if you're if you're playing tennis and you you're true to yourself if you're starting a business and you're true to yourself and you're making the impact you want to make 
then that's really what you should be doing rather than anything else, rather than, you know, being an investment banker or being a lawyer or being a consultant or uh, whatever that is, um, because actually time is limited. Um, and here, you know, this is, uh, death is in a, inevitable as much as we, we, we don't want to talk about it, um, but, but death will happen to, to me, to you, to, to everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's actually the only thing that, that, that well, it's, it's, it's guaranteed. It's the one, yeah, it's the one thing we all have in common. And, yeah. and so, Was it guaranteed? And, death and taxes, right? Right. And, and so um, I, I, I think, and, and that's definitely, you know, the inspiration to be true to yourself came from my dad. Um, and, and then the, the framework around how I think about risk and failure came also from my brother, but also, uh, you know, th- through that entire experience uh, of, of, of the, the final mile. I, I love I, I love touching on a couple of points there. You've really, really resonated in a couple of points that I really focus on, uh, whether it's in my business life or whether it's coaching the kids in cricket or speaking to my son about taking the next step in his cricketing career or whatever. Um, first of all, failure. Uh, so I interviewed uh, a very good friend of mine and uh, a current coach at Northampton County Cricket Club, Luke Swan, and he does a presentation all about failure being an essential part of development. And um, to me, that is such a defining presentation because as a cricketer, like you were saying about your brother or, or professional tennis players, as a cricketer, you know, you may have five innings and every fifth innings is when you succeed, but the other four before that are probably failures. You know, yeah. anything between zero and 30, 40 runs, or if you're an opening batsman, you know, you're going to be making hundreds, you've got to be making eighties. Um, and it's a really defining thought process. And and the good thing about this too, Miguel, is I see these, and I speak to my son about this a lot more so now, because obviously at 15, I know nothing. He knows everything. I know nothing. <laughs> um, so, so I'm trying to talk about, I'm now trying to talk about life lessons and the way I coach or the way I manage people now and speak to people that that I work with and so forth is I try and put things into life lessons as opposed to sports lessons or business lessons and I believe these life lessons are actually they resonate more with people than what trying to coach or trying to tell people what to do it's talking about life lessons you know what did you enjoy yourself today yes how did you bat? Well, I batted okay, but, you know, I didn't hit the ball as timely, you know, as crisp as I wanted to, or I did this. And I said, so what did you learn from that? And then, so it's basically someone communicating out and telling you what they've tried to, what they've done, what the outcome was and what they want to do better next time, as opposed to you trying to force it down their throat and drink from the fire hose. Um, yeah. So that's such an important thing. But I want to touch on something that you made, a, a, a really um, great comment you made about death being a framework to decision-making. I know I know you did an article on this a couple of months ago, yeah. but I'll, I wonder if we can dig deeper into that and tell us a little bit about, um, a, a little bit about what you meant by um, death being a, a framework to decision-making and, and, and just elaborate on that because we've had a little bit of a chat prior and I, I've got an idea of what you mean by that and I really love the concept. But could you elaborate on that a little bit more for the listeners and tell us what you mean by that and how, that, how you bring that into your business and, and, and your, 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 you know, your philosophy on life? Yeah, so let, let's, think, let's start with failure and that's a great, great place to start. So, you know, everyone... Uh, you know, there's a lot of, and by the way, Luke's um, podcast was, was, was I, I listened to it and it was, you know, super interesting. And I've, 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 I've um, and, and so, you know, 
you know you need to lean into failure. And, you know, I think about this as, as my experience as well. So, you know, when I joined Deutsche Bank in the investment banking team, I knew I wanted to launch a business. I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but I didn't have the balls. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the truth of it. And I yeah, think, you know, great comment. You, you, know, you know, intellectually, I think a lot of people know that they need to take risk and they need to lean into, uh, you know, living the life that they want to lead rather than, you know, putting up with a boss that they don't like or uh, putting up with a career they don't like. You know, there's loads of, you know, doctors that don't want to be doctors. There's loads of, uh, you know, lawyers who don't want to be lawyers. So true. Bankers that don't want to be bankers. And and I think intellectually everyone can understand uh, that, um, you know, my my ex-boss actually recently became an entrepreneur. You know, know, he, he... was doing super well you know he was on uh you know you can in investment banking you can earn you know half a million a year yeah. you know even even more than that and and so you know he's doing super well and, and you know he's like but i've got a wife i've got a kid i've got a mortgage uh you know but i want to be an entrepreneur uh how do i do that or how do i think about that and you know there's so much failure involved there's so much risk involved you know my parents you know, I've been talking about how I'm this amazing investment banker. Everyone knows me as this investment banker. I can kind of spend, you know, limitless money. You know, I can, uh, he, he bought a fancy car. I forget which one. It's something like an Alfa Romeo or, or a Ferrari or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, going into, you know, starting a business is a risk. And, and, and my view on that is, uh, which, which just kind of comes down to this death point, is that, you know, so your biggest risk in your final mile, um, you know, and let's assume you're, you're earning well, you know, you, obviously you've got responsibilities, but, but you want to be an entrepreneur, your biggest risk, you, you, you'll be on your final mile and we all will. Uh, and, uh, and, and you'll, you'll ask yourself two questions, which is, you know, was I true to myself? And then did I make the biggest impact that I could? And, and, and your biggest risk when you're, uh, you know, hardworking, smart um, and, and, and kind of have a, have a good career is, is not thinking about that final mile. So, yeah. you know, the, 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 the reason kind of this framework for, for, for death is important is I think everyone intellectually knows that, that they need to, you know, be true to themselves. But actually, it's about thinking about death. So, so it's about thinking about, OK, when I'm 70, when I'm 80, whenever that is, you know, am I actually, go- have I used my life to do the thing that I really wanted to do? Because if not, actually, you know, the amount of wealth that you've created or, or the, fast, the fact that you have a fast car or, or the fact that you have a big house, the, these things actually won't matter. Um, what will matter is whether, you had, whether you're true to yourself. And, and I've seen that firsthand uh, with my dad, and and I I think uh, I think most people, if they actually reflect on the people that they've seen get old, pass away, you know, if you have conversations with your with your grandparents, uh, etc., they they are talking about uh, you know being did they do something that was impactful? Did they build a family if that was really important? And and it doesn't have to be you know again this is not about I'm, I'm not encouraging everyone to start their own business or, uh, you know, to go out on a beach in Bali and, and just 
like chill for for uh, two years. Uh, yeah. What I am doing is is kind of saying oh, what this framework does do is is make sure that people make conscious choices. So if if you I went into banking because it was the path of least resistance. Uh, you know, I earned well. People thought it was a great job. My parents were proud of me. It sounded good. Um, you know, great. I got to be in London. That's why I went into banking for the most part. You know, yeah. being slightly cynical there, but but that's that's the truth of it. Um, but uh, actually, uh, you know, when I started Sonic Jobs was was um, the first time in my career that I started, you know, after actually joining Millfield, um, as I, I, you know, and, and, and doing tennis. Um, it, and then also actually I went to Edinburgh as, as a conscious choice. But my, my, when, as soon as my career started, I went into the path of least resistance. And then really this framework helped me get out of it and, and, and make conscious choices. And even, and, and today, every, every time I make a choice, I kind of think about, uh, okay, if I was, if my week was like this for the next two years, and that would, and then I I pass away, would I be happy with uh, my career, with my friendships, with my relationships, with uh, my entire life around me? And I, I think, hopefully, that's a framework that helps people, uh, people I speak to, people listening to this, kind of think about failure in a, in, a, in a bit more of a construct, in a kind of in an intellectual way that helps them lean into it. If data had a sound, it could be this. The sound of important and sensitive information leaking out of your business. MedCloud. Get connected, cyber safe. It's very it's 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 really it's a really interesting um route to think about for the simple fact that everyone hates talking about death. You know, it's when you, when you talk about dying or death or everyone seems to think that, you know, oh, don't touch, you know, don't talk about that's taboo. You know, it's, it's, it's finite, you know, it's, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to do, it's like people taking a will out or oh, I don't want to do that because I might put the moz on, you know, something. Um, but it's, it's more of a, uh, it's more of a philosophy on life as opposed to, you know, I'm doing this because I need to have some. You know, if I get hit by a bus, who's going to take over the business? It's it's not about that at all. It's more. No. It's more a philosophy of life. Exactly, and it, it, it's it's the best that I've. It's the best philosophy of how you live that I have come across, or that I believe in, um, because actually, it's it's the thing that makes you recognize really quickly that your time is really limited. Yeah. And so our biggest resource um, is not actually, um, is, is, is not money or, or anything else. It's actually time. Your, your, your most limited resource is time. Yeah. And so, um, you know, can you, and, and, and you know, the, the other thing that's important to, 
which 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 you know I, I really believe in is is you know you actually die when the last person has uh, said your name or, or or kind of forgotten about you and yeah. and and I, I I think that's true um, for both your your uh, relationships or your personal life you know are you treating people well are you yeah. um, you know loving the people that you love uh, you know in in the right way uh, and then also for your career like are you actually um are you actually making the 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 right waves uh in uh, you know are you actually building the thing that you want to build and that that's you know if 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 your dream is to be uh, you know a lawyer in uh, a big corporate like i totally respect that as well it just needs yep. to be conscious it just needs to be uh, it, it needs to. You need to recognize that your time is limited, and when you do that, I think you can make conscious choices. So it's really it, it, you're exactly right. You know, Scott, it, it, it's a philosophy for living. It's looking at death uh, to to use as a driver for how to live your best life. I think it's great. I think it's great. And to be honest with you, as I <laughs> as I hit the fiftieth year, um, which is quite worrying to me to a certain extent mm. i'm not i'm not an age person i care about you know i still feel 30 i f- feel 25 i still think i can hit the ball as well as i did i can't by the way um but i still think i can um but you know it's i, I think as i've got older i'm certainly a lot more conscious of the way i treat people the way i'm leading my life the way i spend more time with my family and those i love more um and i think i, I wish i had have known that earlier if that makes sense to you know i i was always very dogged in doing well you know i came from australia to to england i had no money with me and you know i I had to make my life and i've i'm I'm really proud of what i've achieved i have a wonderful family um and and they're all happy and healthy and so forth um but i wish i had have had a lot more of this philosophy earlier in my life than what i do you know going into the the back end if you will hopefully yeah. another 50 years by the way but um but you know what i mean i i i feel like i wish i had have had this type of philosophy earlier on in my career as opposed to now does that make yeah, sense and, uh, yeah and yeah and look I, I think it's important there's usually kind of a couple of caveats i always give when 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 talking about this and, and i think you know scott you've just touched on a couple of them uh you know choosing the work you do uh and and the work you love is, is a privilege yeah. so you know I, I, I'm, I'm talking about this philosophy and I'm talking about doing the thing that you love and, and, and being passionate about, but, but I also fully recognize that, you know, uh, I'm going to pick a number, you know, over 50% of the world can't do that. Yes. And they can't do that because money is the primary driver for, for uh, what they do. And, and what that means actually um, is that the people who are lucky enough to, uh, you know, choose. They really have a bigger responsibility to to do it yes. because because actually it's it, it's recognizing that it's a privilege and, and and it's 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 really kind of recognizing that you can make conscious choices and you're lucky to make conscious choices um, and to do that because actually that that is uh, what what you know over fifty percent of the world can't do. So it, I think it's really important to. To, to say that, um, and the other thing I, you know that I always emphasize is, is that money is important. You know, I, I'm not I'm not here suggesting that money's not important. You know, I, I talked about how we fought for five years um, fighting cancer with with 
uh, with my dad and with my family. Uh, we couldn't have done that if we didn't have money. You know, we, we yeah, had surgeries, course. we had you know chemotherapy, we had, you know, um, and, and and so that is is really important, and that's important as you get old as well. Um, my my belief for 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 both of those uh, and for money in particular is that often doing the thing that you love short term causes wealth to decline. You know, so mm-hmm. so you might start yep. a business. Uh, moving from corporate, uh, but long term, you know, actually doing the thing you love for long enough um, is is leads to uh, real long term outcomes uh, yeah. and, and beneficial outcomes. And I, and I think, uh, and, and just a point on that as well, you know, this is about making conscious choices at every yes. point in time. And so it's not just one decision; it's actually thinking about it for all your decisions. And one of the things that I uh, truly believe in is that, uh, you know, most businesses fail uh, because they don't, because founders don't invest in enough time for them. So, you know, this, this ideal that you're going to start, particularly in tech, we see this a lot. Like, you know, I started a business and it wasn't Snapchat in two years. And yeah. It's like, uh, okay, well, you know, I wasn't a unicorn in, in 18 months or whatever. And, you know, and I, I think, that's the wrong way for for firstly choosing why you do a business. You should choose yep. uh, launch, you know, finding a business because it, it's something you're passionate about, something you're, you're it's true to yourself. And yep. then you should continue because you believe in that long term vision. And, and again, again, using death as a framework for every point in time. If you had two years to live, would you go back to your corporate job or would you continue, uh, you know, driving something that you truly in your heart believe in? And I think that's. Uh, something that's not just and, and and failure is something that you lean and risk is something that you need to in my view need to lean into yeah. uh not not just kind of at one moment in time on uh, you know you, you might be having a pint in a pub and like oh i'm gonna start a business that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not uh but but actually to, to do that constantly and to do that every day and uh, that, that you wake up uh actually making conscious choices about what you yeah. do and, 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 and how you do them i love it I love it. I think I think it's fantastic. It's certainly got my mind racing. We've probably got about seventy four different more or additional questions we could go into. Maybe we bring that back another time. But um, we, it's a perfect segue though into let's talk a little bit about Sonic Jobs. Um, it's an organisation that you are the CEO and co-founder of. It's one of the fastest growing business apps in the UK. Uh, you've recently raised some cash to to extend that growth, which I'm assuming is is not only the team but internationally expanding the company. Um, yeah. You know, we're all familiar with the the likes, as I said earlier, of Monster and Indeed and Total Jobs and all those kind of things. But um, Sonic Jobs takes all that a little bit further. I think uh, I think I read something that um, every nine seconds you've got a candidate applying for a job through your 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 website. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Sonic Jobs? Why it's different, and 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 you know what? Why you started the company? Yeah. So um, uh, imagine you're a delivery driver in Birmingham today. Um, you want to apply for three jobs: Tesco. Sainsbury's and Amazon. Um, you will go on uh, Indeed, uh, and not just Indeed. You can go on, you know, ZipRecruiter, yep. Zuna. Um, you know, you'll go on what we call a job search platform. Yep. Um, yep. And what will happen is, you know, Indeed will will take your uh, 
your name, your surname, your email, your address, your CV, your experience, your education. Uh, and then what they will do is they'll redirect you to Tesco. And what Tesco will do is take your name, your surname, your email, your, uh, your address, your phone number, your CV, your experience, your education. Uh, and then what, what you'll do is you'll go to Sainsbury's. And what Sainsbury's will do is they'll take your name, your surname, your email, your phone number, your address, uh, your CV, uh, your, your experience and, 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 and your education. And then guess what? You'll go on Amazon and Amazon will do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And so w- w- what we've done is, uh, you know, this entire ecosystem of jobs is is fragmented. Uh, and so we centralize that entire process. And so when you come on Sonic Jobs as a delivery driver, uh, you know, you will apply for your first job and we'll ask you for uh, the, the details that we need to, to, to submit the application. Uh, and then we have memory inbuilt into that system. And so when you go and you apply for your second job, which might be Sainsbury's, uh, you don't, you only need to answer the additional question that we don't know about you. And so instead of redirecting the candidate to these, you know, various websites, we, we centralize that entire process and all of the jobs, we have over 500,000 jobs now, you can apply for directly on the app or on our website itself. So you're never getting redirected. And, and, and the entire process becomes simpler and simpler. So, the, you know, the more applications you make, uh, the less questions you have to answer going forward. And so it just makes that whole process of applying for a job uh, a lot more intimate, a lot more. We, we have a, a chat bot called Julie uh, that will help you through that process. You can not only upload your CV, you can also create a CV. Um, so this whole ecosystem of applying for a job um, stemmed from actually engineering. So the first jobs that were you know apply, uh, advertised online and the first uh, people that applied for jobs online were actually uh, software developers. They were engineers. Yeah. Um, and, and we basically extended that system out into all other professions. And, and what we recognized when we started Sonic Jobs uh, was, was two things. One is uh, that, that mobile was taking over the world. You know, over 60% of... Um, of uh, traffic now, of candidates applying for a job now are on mobile. When we started in, in 2016 and, and by the time we launched in 2017, you know, that was only five, seven, uh, you know, coming up to 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's increased dramatically. And the second thing is that everyone wants a mobile experience. And, and, and what I mean by a mobile experience is not just a mobile app, but actually, or a mobile website, but actually a mobile experience. So, you know, if you're on booking.com or Airbnb or, uh, and, and if they redirected you, imagine if you went on booking.com and they redirected you to Travelodge and Hilton, or, or you went on Deliveroo and they redirected you to, you know, your local Chinese restaurant, that yeah. just would be a rubbish experience. You just wouldn't yes. do that. Um, and, and, and the little known secret outside of the job search world is, is that only 4% of people that click on a job end up completing the application on a career site. And so 96% of these clicks that, that you know, our entire, entire job ecosystem is, is um, you know, is monetized on clicks. Um, only, only 4% of those clicks convert into something that's valuable for the employer, which is actually an application that they can turn into an interview and then, you know, and hire. Um, and so what we've done is, is, is uh, we have a 26% click to completed apply conversion the candidate stays on the app or on the website. You have a really seamless experience guided by a chatbot 
um, called Julie, who will, will help you through that process. Uh, and so that entire experience is, is, is built for um, the modern job seeker and the job seeker that, 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 is, uh, that, that wants an experience that's similar to uh, Airbnb, to Booking.com, to Uber, uh, et cetera. And uh, we recognize this as kind of a global truth. So uh, actually, you know, it started with younger candidates, started with yep. more blue collar candidates. I, you know, I talked about delivery drivers and it's moved now more into kind of, uh, you know, more and more into what we what we call gray collar, which is kind of sales, marketing, admin, office work, et cetera. Uh, yep. And then also uh, moving further into, uh, you know, white collar as well, like, you know, uh, engineers, um, uh, scientists, etc. Uh, we expect kind of, uh, and so we're really changing that the job search ecosystem. Wow, that's fantastic! I really, really, uh, really enjoy those stats. I mean, from four percent to twenty twenty six percent click to apply rates is a uh, pretty phenomenal, uh, phenomenal spec. So, so that's that's really encouraging. Where can uh, where can some of the listeners go and learn more about Sonic Jobs? So you can go on our website. So it's www.sonicjobs, uh, all one word, uh, .com, uh, and you can uh, read more about us. Um, you can uh, always um, contact us through there or, or, or you can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Mikhail Raja, and that's probably the, the easiest place. Fantastic, fantastic. So, Mikhail, we've come to the end of our time, but um, no one gets away without without answering the quickfire three. Um, sure. And, and, and you're included. Uh, so uh, what we do here, I'm going to ask you quick fire three questions. Whatever's at the top of your head, please give us your answer, honest answers, and, um, you know, we, we, we'd love to hear them. Um, before we go into that, really, really enjoyed um, learning more about uh, Sonic Jobs and, and how you're revolutionising that market as well. But um, my first question I've got for you is, do you have a, a, a failure in your career that turned into something extremely positive or career-defining? Look, I mean, I, I fail all the time. So, I mean, as 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 an entrepreneur, and and I, I would the way I would actually answer this is 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 saying that actually the best the the best people in any vertical fail, and and Luke Swan talked about this, and it was you know so I'm going to kind of repeat it. Um, you know, the the best people in any industry fail more often than anyone else in that industry and so you know i i, I would uh, I, i've had you know i have failures uh, in, in in business and i think you know a lot of a lot of founders and you know i'm, I'm no different go through kind of an imposter syndrome which is you know uh, am i good enough you know can i read yeah. this can i lead this uh, business as, as as we grow you know even for sonic jobs we're launching in the us now uh, you know we're getting bigger we've just had vc funding uh, you know, and so it's it, it's uh, you, you have imposter syndrome along the way, and I think that there's failure every moment in time. You know, we yeah. we we uh, we spoke to uh, you know, and I, I went to many job interviews before I got my Deutsche job. You know, we spoke to hundreds of investors before we we we, we raised. Um, you know, that's just part of the learning process, and then the yes. quicker you can do that. Uh, the, the the faster you grow, uh, and, and the more you learn. I think I think you know learning is a really important part of of of, of you know is, is is the balance to um, you know I talk about kind of uh, death and and time, but but learning is the is the other side of it, and it's 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 a really important way to um, 
to to also think about failure. So I'm a slight cop out on your question, Scott. Sorry. Um, no, 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 but, not but, at all. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say that that I fell all the time, and actually, I think of that as really healthy. Yeah, it's not a cop out at all. Um, and and the reason I say that is because. Um, yeah, Luke does mention that, but every single professional sports person or indeed business person I've spoken to all say the same thing. You're gonna, but the problem is people don't understand that the more failure you have, the more lessons you learn. Therefore, the more success you're going to have because you're putting yourself out there a lot more than failing and going. Oh, I can't do that anymore. No, 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 exactly. don't do it again. Learn from what you've done. And if you fail again, learn the next lesson and then do it again. Don't just stand there and say, oh, I failed, therefore I'm useless. No, you're not useless. You just didn't do maybe that that process or that job right in the first time. Learn from that and take it to your next position or your next, you know, whatever. So, Yeah, and, and that links to this idea of perfection, uh, which, yeah. by the way, we could spend the whole uh, next podcast talking about. We really could. I, I, I think there's this idea of perfection, which I think people just need to get rid of. There is no perfection, and so you're just driving towards change. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Absolutely great. I think that's really great. Great answer, by the way. What do you wish you had known when you started your career that you do now? I think this point of time, you know, and you talked about your son. You said your son was 15. Yeah. Um, you know, he... I mean, when I was 15, and I'm not going to speak for him, actually, when I was 15, I didn't understand how limited time was, because you think, actually, I'm going to live to 70, and I've only lived 15 years, and so I've got, like, 4x more, you know, 400% more life to live if I get yeah. to kind of 60, 70, whatever. Yeah. Um, and... I think actually that time goes really fast. And so, mm. and actually I think, you know, this idea that I'm going to make, um, you know, I'm going to do the path of least resistance in this aspect of my life, but all of the other aspects of my life I'm going to be okay with yeah. um, actually doesn't work. And so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we talked about a, a lot through this podcast about conscious decisions. I think conscious decisions are, uh, um, have a kind of circular effect in that once you start making them in one aspect of your life, you have to make them in all aspects of your life. And, and mm. that's actually, uh, and both positively and negatively, once you stop making them in a certain aspect of your life, you, set, you stop making them in other aspects of your life. Um, and so um, I, I, I wish I knew how limited time was uh, at 15, at 16, um, and how I needed to optimize on time today uh, and not just think about I have limited time when I'm older. Um, and, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm lucky to have learned what I learned about kind of death and failure, you know, when I was 28, uh, 27, 28. I think a lot of people I speak to are still at kind of, you know, 50 and that they, they've made unconscious decisions for so long that it's actually really hard uh, to then start making conscious decisions. Um, so, so I wish I knew how, how, how limited time was uh, early, right. as early as possible. Yeah, I like that. We're, we've gone into philosophy and, 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 you know, the philosophy you've lived by or, or you know, you're working to. Do you have a favourite quote? That, that that stays in the back of your mind. Um, I have one that my dad told me that I'll I'll never forget, and that is a champion team always beats a team of champions. Um, but 
you know, and I guess I bore everyone. I think on the podcast uh, of the twenty odd podcasts, I reckon I've used that about twenty times. Um, but do you have a, a favourite quote that that really resonates with you in your life? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so actually, it's it's a bit of a long one, but I'm going to share it. Which is, it's Please. actually from um, it's from this uh, a, a Stanford commencement speech by by Steve Jobs, um, and it, it talks about death. And when I heard it, it was kind of a summary of everything I'd been thinking um during that period and 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 so it says your your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others opinions drown out your own inner voice and most important have the courage to follow your heart and intuition they somehow already know what you truly want to become everything else is secondary That's brilliant. What a great way to end a fantastic podcast. Mikhil, thank you so much for your time today. I have thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Um, And I've got a feeling we're going to speak again very, very soon. Thanks, Scott. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, mate. Bye now. Cheers. Thanks to Mikhil for joining me today and walking us through his incredible journey. From moving all the way from Mumbai, India to glorious Somerset and going to the exclusive Millfield School, graduating from the University of Edinburgh and then being an investment banker to co-founding Sonic Jobs is certainly an interesting story of serious work ethic, belief and vision. McKill really opened my eyes to decision making and using the philosophy of if I had so many years left to live, what would I do? I've never thought that way nor used it to make conscious life choices and asking myself when making those decisions, am I being true to myself and am I making the biggest impact in the right way that I can? It's a great philosophy and something I intend to learn more about and follow up after this podcast. McKeel's consistent comment about leading life as I want to lead is certainly inspiring. Finally, he makes a great point in his quickfire three question about the best people fail more often than anyone else fails. And it harks back to Luke Swan's podcast earlier in the series about failure being an essential part of development. And I love how these messages align from two different career paths. Thanks for joining me and remember, take care, stay safe and keep on innovating.